Hey everyone, how's it going? Josh Taylor here from CE Podcast. Um, just wanted to say thank you for your patience. I know um, the past couple of weeks hasn't been as consistent from losing power to having the flu. Uh, so it's been a wild ride. Uh, but it's great to be back. Great to be back. So I hope you liked the previous uh, the previous podcast. We were talking about uh, puppy socialization um, when we should start exposing our puppy and so on. Today, I wanted to go into a complete different topic that um, uh, I'm, I'm pretty well known for that, that uh, a lot of people ask me questions about, which is aggression. Um, so I wanted to talk specifically about aggression when it comes to people. So if you have a dog who is, uh, I don't know, lunging at people, whether it's children, adults, all the above, um, this podcast is going to be for you. Um, so again, big shout out. Thank you so much to my premium uh, clients as well. Uh, my premium listeners, uh, really, really um, just so thankful. You're still around. You're still kicking. You're still uh, following me. Um, I hope, um, you know, the premium content that we put out, um, is, uh, is satisfactory is maybe even above beyond, uh, expectations. So again, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Um, I love you. Uh, love you all premium or not. Um, <clears throat> so to get into it, let's talk about aggression. Here are some of the things I see um, that are very typical. Most people don't understand why their dog is being aggressive or why their dog is reacting the way it is, whether it's again, with a child, with a person, nine out of 10 times, this is going to be fear-based. Okay. So back in the day when I used to use corrections, I would really basically be increasing the fear. This would be almost, um, you know, it's not necessarily the right word, but it would almost be subconscious because we would see the result happening on the surface. So I would, you know, leash check a dog for growling at an adult, let's say, and the dog would shut down and the customer would say, oh my God, like it worked. You know, my dog isn't, isn't even looking at the stranger anymore. Is looking the other way or whatever. Um, you have to understand that this is not um, this is not good. This is not good because the reality of the scenario is that the dog is associating what we just did negatively with the stimulus. So over time, it's possible. I'm not saying it will happen, but it's possible that um, the dog will associate people. Uh, even, I guess you could say even more negative than what you have right now. Um, and what does that really mean? Like, what, what does that mean? Even more negative, uh, look at it like this. Okay. Um, if, if every time I'm going to use my father as an example here. Okay. If every time I come home, okay. And my father yells at me. Um, and maybe it's about certain things. I don't know. Cleaning up my room, let's say. Okay. 
obviously there's a way to talk, right? I'm not denying that, but I'm talking about, let's say he comes home, he's fully yelling at me. Okay. Chances are that when I'm coming home, I'm pretty scared. So I'm going to do the work. Now, I understand some people will say, well, yeah, that's great. That's discipline. Okay. But if you're installing fear into anyone to do something, it's not discipline. That's not what discipline means, at least not to me. Okay. So it's so important that you are trying to find that respectful way in order for the dog to learn what they're doing what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong and learn from the experience, get them to actually understand that they don't need to be afraid of said stimulus. Okay. So people, since that's what our topic is. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, a good, a, another great example is, um, so the dog lunges at someone. Okay. I'm not saying that you don't let the dog know that you're not happy. I'm not saying that you don't, um, that, you know, you're not going to swear under your breath or, or any of those things. I'm not even saying that you have to be 100% level headed and, you know, like it, as a, as a professional, it's normal for us to be level headed when we're in this scenario, whether we're a positive reinforcement trainer or not, you know, it's, it's, it's easy for us when it comes to the owners, the people, those things are a little bit more challenging because it's not something that you do every day. Well, theoretically, you know, if your dog is doing it every day, but you know what I mean, right? We, we deal with this quite often. So with that being said, um, when the reactivity is happening, when the dog is lunging or trying to nip someone or whatever the case is, your number one strategy is obviously let your dog know you're not happy and you're going to be backing away from the situation. You're trying to get out of the way. Okay. Now, theoretically, this could be what the dog wants. This could be what the dog wants. Meaning as you're backing away, the dog is saying like, yes, this is what I wanted. I wanted this person to stay away from me. Okay. But these are moments where you have no choice. You have to back away. You have to get out of the way because obviously we don't want an accident to happen. Right? So when this is happening, understand that this is kind of like collateral damage in the sense of backing away. You have no choice. Many aversive styles will stay in the situation, will flood the dog, will continue to correct the dog in that scenario until the dog finally just submits. Okay. This is no learning. This is just all about brute force. Over time, the dog will become extremely negative towards whatever said stimulus is. So it'll get even worse and the dog will become even more terrified. Remember why the dog is lunging at people in the first place, because the dog is scared. Okay. So in the sense of what you should be doing here is it's all about, I mean, it does depend on age. So we could be going into a classical conditioning state, or we could be going into like a progressive desensitization. Okay. Whichever way it does go, what you need to understand is that it involves a lot of patience. It involves understanding your dog, where your dog's cup is. And when I talk about cup, I'm talking about under threshold, over threshold, um, approaching threshold. These things are extremely important to understand and know 
so that we can figure out if it's time to call it quits, it's time to take a little break, um, and so on and so forth. All right. Um, and so let's say we're dealing with an older dog and we're looking at progressive desensitization. Okay. The, the key here is, well, there's a couple of things, but one of the big ones that I focus on is, you know, the behavior always has a consequence, right? Whether the consequence is good or bad. So when your dog is barking at someone and that person keeps walking away, right? What happened there? Behavior was I bark. I already speak at this person and the consequences is that this person walks away. So what happens right in their brain? They're being rewarded. It's associated as a positive, hence a treat. They just got a treat. The treat was the person walking away. So that was the reward. All right. So whenever you hear at least me talking about treat, it's a lot deeper than just the physical food that you're using for your dog. Okay. It's very well possible that we do that, but there's a lot more to it than just that, okay? Which I think a lot of people don't understand. It's, um, um, it's, it, can be, it can be confusing, you know, when, when it comes to science-based and positive reinforcement. And, you know, I'm going to save this for another podcast because I don't want to get off topic. But, you know, timing is even more important when you're a positive reinforcement trainer more important than any other thing um, uh, in dog training. So the timing when it comes to rewarding your dog is ultra important. That doesn't matter what tactic or what technique you use, but in the sense of you being, let's say, a positive reinforcement trainer or an owner who's using positive reinforcement, you have to understand that you have to be even more dead on the, you know, on the line uh, when it comes to um, that, the, the, the positive um, associations that you're trying to make for your dog. So, sorry, going back to it. Um, and when it comes to the reactivity, progressive desensitization, what we're trying to do here is we're trying to shift the mind into believing that I don't need to act a certain way for someone to walk away, for someone to leave. Okay. So that means behavior is, let's say, you know, humor me, of course, but let's just say the behavior is I'm sitting there looking at the human walking by. I have no reaction. I'm just watching. I'm just staring. I would go ahead and maybe give the dog a pat on the back. I would say, good job, whatever I want to do. Give the dog a bone. Doesn't matter. But once I do that, what I'm getting or what I'm trying to get the dog to learn is to associate that, look, you didn't need to do anything in order for that person to leave. So the behavior is I'm calm, collective, and the consequence is the human leaves. Okay. So versus the behavior is I bark like crazy. I show my teeth, whatever. And then the person leaves, right? So you're just trying to progressively outweigh the negative behavior that you don't like because to the dog, it's a positive behavior. Okay. I repeat, let me repeat that to the dog. It's a positive behavior. If I don't like people and I bark and people stay away from me, it's a positive behavior. 
All right. Because the consequence is that you stay away from me. Hence, I was just rewarded by you staying away. Okay. This does not mean that you flood the dog and you keep the people around the dog. But I'm just trying to give you an idea of what is going on really in the brain of the dog. Of course, there's always exceptions, but I'm just giving you a general outlook on this. Okay. So to go along with that, what's really important is when you are having guests over, let's say, and you are dealing with a dog who is not sure or not great with people. One of the worst things I find that people have to do, and I don't blame you, okay? I get it. But one of the worst things you do is it's like you have to show other people how great your dog is, even though your dog is not great, <laughs> okay? And so, no offense, please, okay? What I, what I mean by that is it's, I understand that our dog is like our child, so what does that look like? Well, it looks like, you know, um, I have to show the world or I have to show, you know, my friend, like how great my child is. Like, look what my child can do this and that la 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 la. This is the same thing with dogs. And so when we have a dog who's reactive, it's like we're on this mission to show people. Yeah, but he's so good. You should see how good he is at home. And so when let's say they're in your house. You will try to give people treats. You will try to, you know, oh, just just put your hand out, put your hand out, you know. And maybe the person's kind of like, I don't know, he's kind of growling at me. So you know, first off, it has to become very natural. The dog, if the dog feels like it's being rushed, the dog is already scared, so the dog is going to shut down, or worse, react towards the human. And this is not what we want. So. What we need to focus on is we need to really make sure that our, our guests that are, let's say, coming in the house are completely ignoring the dog. I repeat, completely ignoring the dog. Once this is happening, okay, they could, over time, drop treats. Not hand treats, but drop treats. Anyone who's having this problem... I want you to look at the human that comes over who, let's say, maybe doesn't listen to your instructions and is constantly trying to say hi. These people that are constantly trying to say hi, you'll notice that the dog really has like a negative association with them. And that's because they're not respecting the number one thing about dogs who are fearful, which is stay away from me. And this is when the growling and the lunging comes out. So you really have to educate your friends and family or yourself in the sense of getting them to understand that this is going to take a little bit of time. Okay. So, so important. So I hope this sheds at least a little bit more light on what you want to do. There's so much to get into when it comes to aggression. Uh, so, uh, you know, or reactivity, fear, etc. So I just wanted to leave you off with a little bit of that, which is remember the behavior always has a consequence, whether it's good or bad. Remember that um, you want to really respect your dog's boundaries when they are fearful towards people. And remember, when you do have guests over, try not to rush things. Let it happen a little bit more natural um, and make sure that the human is not engaging 
or trying to, you know, put out their hand or whatever, this usually does not go well. Okay. There's exceptions, but let's stick to the basics. Okay. Um, if you're really interested about this, if it really kind of hit something for you and you want to hear more, uh, please don't be shy. Uh, shoot us a, an email. Give us some feedback at cepodcast at canineeducation.ca. Um, my emails right now are flooded. So, you know, like I said, I'm just kind of coming back uh, from being sick. So I'm going to uh, get through everyone. That's for podcast people, including my regular um, day-to-day uh, uh, clients that I have as well. Okay, so uh, I'm going to get to you. All right. Thank you so much. And uh, I love you, fam. You're the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.